Taylor, so I don't know if you caught this in that, but Bowser merges himself with a castle. He turns and himself a clown into a car. Castle. Did I hear that correctly? <laughs> I <laughs> thought I heard that too. It's the Koopa clown car. It's the like floating, oh, man. Uh, you know, the the floating white yeah. sort of. Uh, that was a hilarious detail. Hot thing that has a face on the front of it. Yes. Yeah, I've never thought okay. of that as a clown. Neither have I. I don't know that's why. It's a clown face. Yeah, yeah I don't know why now. I've never thought that. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Like, it's a pretty basic setup. Oh yeah, that's super basic. What's up? Welcome to Berries and Blades. Thanks for tuning in for a casual conversation about video games. My name is Joseph, and I'm here with my friends, Willie and Taylor. We're just three regular guys wondering if GTA 6 is a shoe-in for Game of the Year in 2025, but I digress. So what do y'all think? What's up? I think that there's no way it won't be. There will be other games that are going to pop up before it comes out, I'm sure, that are going to uh, do the same thing that Saints Row did uh, back in the you know older days of GTA, where they would kind of come out with theirs a few months before GTA came out with theirs, I believe, and then it would give everybody a big open world adventure. So I think we'll see some of those, and then I think they're going to do what they always do: they're going to splash into the arena and just destroy everybody's concepts of what a game can be. So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Willie? I don't know. I, 2025, I think, is the uh, that Exodus game, which we were talking a little bit about yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you watch the Game Awards, it's the one that had Matthew McConaughey come out and talk about it first, which it did feel very interstellar-ish, and it's like manipulation of time. Interesting. I don't really know the story exactly, but it was some people traveling out in space looking for new places to like settle humanity, I think, or something like that. Oh, I love that. But at some point, something happened where they unlocked some alien technology that was bad or something. I don't really quite know yet. But it's a man and a woman, and the woman goes off and does some stuff that ends up saving humanity. The man and her get separated. The man goes off on like a skate pod. And at the end of the trailer, you see that there's a museum to her for like saving humanity. And he's there still young. So clearly there was some like space-time shit that happened that he like didn't age while she did and the rest of the world aged so he's like back like at this museum and sees people who are like you know obviously uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for it's just like holding this person up in high regard for doing all that wow you think it's two different paths or something i don't think so but the reason it seems like it could be good is because it's led by former bioware developers people who worked on dragon age origins and knights of the old republic oh, one okay. and what else was it mass effect one and two mass effect two or one yeah yeah, yeah. one one and it two it looks like mass effect it looks like an evolution of where mass effect would be now if they kept going and kept evolving and growing their tech definitely mm-hmm. Wow. It looks fucking cool, cool man. surprise. Yeah, I'm watching the trailer for it now. It looks really neat. Time shenanigans, too, I think. Uh, yeah. They're great in film, but also when you incorporate those into games, I'd love that. Yeah, maybe that's the next step for a lot of these publishers and, and developers is going to be using that extra dimensionality, being able to go not only multiple dimensions, but pulling different times with your story and 
choices you make, things like that. I didn't look back at the Game Award winners to see like which GTA games actually won at the Game Awards for best games or, or best game of the year. But I did see that a few of the games won game of the year at the Golden Joystick, uh, the Golden Joystick Awards. I would guess four and five did. I feel like five definitely did. But the game awards as we know them, I don't think they existed back then, did they? Yeah, probably because like it was on like Spike TV. I do remember that. Like back in those days. Yeah. Uh, VGA is what it was, video game awards. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't until like 2018 or something that they like changed the format. But yeah, I do remember the Spike Awards now. Okay, and there's the, I do see a game of the year for the Golden Joystick, and it looks like they got multiple categories for that one, so. For five or? Yeah, for five. Word. I don't know if it's a shoo-in. Obviously, we don't know everything that's coming out in 2025, but there's obviously also a ton of fucking anticipation and hype for this game. And who knows? I don't know. how. Do we know how long they've worked on this game? I mean, 40 years. I think they said 10 years. I don't know why that's in the back of my head, but uh, do you mean uh, on five or the new one? No, on six. Six. Uh, Yeah. I want to say seven years or 10 years or the numbers that stand out in my mind. I mean, if uh, Bethesda can work on Starfield for what, seven years? Oh, God. And turn that into a piece of shit? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Saying it isn't going to be good. No, no. This again, the GTA will be good. I mean, yeah. I feel like they've had plenty of time to create an amazing game. Yeah, they don't seem to bend to the will of the of the people either when it comes to something that might jeopardize their final product. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to push back if they need to. Uh, they'll push back two years if they have to. Word. Well, happy new year to everybody. This is our first episode of 2024, and we're going to talk about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is the first traditional side-scrolling Super Mario game in over a decade. It sold 4.3 million units in the first two weeks and became the fastest-selling Super Mario game. Fittingly, it's wonderful. Haha. Do you hear what I did there, Taylor? I oh yeah. Mm. Anyway, we're it's sorry pretty about bizarre. that. And does an excellent job of pulling from classics like Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers Three. It won Best Family Game at the 2023 Game Awards and was nominated for a bunch of other shit. I think this game is very good. It stayed true to its roots, and I think it's one of the best 2D Super Mario games. Unsurprisingly, this game is fucking masterful at taking full advantage of the Nintendo Switch's hardware. But how about you, Willie? What are your first thoughts? I'm not actually sure how I feel about it. I think it's pretty good. I don't know if I would say very good. I have some criticisms of like some of the... The mechanics that we'll get into that are just like, I don't know, they're fine. They're good. They add like new gameplay to it. It also sometimes seems unnecessary. Like there's some like it looks super beautiful for sure. But some of the mechanics seem like here's just some extra stuff that you could do, but you don't actually need to do. And I'm not sure, but we'll get into that. The coolest part about this is is the multiplayer aspect. Joey and I have been talking about playing it for a little while because he said he and Meg were going to play through it. And I just hadn't picked it up yet, but I'm visiting right now. Barbara and I are visiting Meg and Joey. So we decided to do couch co-op to just like play through together. And it's a lot of fun with four players. It's chaotic for sure, but it is, I understand why it was a multiplayer, like best multiplayer nominee. And it feels like it could have won too. Like it's pretty, pretty solid in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my pick for best multiplayer. I think it's fitting to win a family game too. Yeah, for sure. Have you guys played the online multiplayer? Nope. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. Um, I'm guessing that had to be at least bearable or tolerable if, if it was in that category. Yeah. I bet it's pretty fun. Like just playing with, with, uh, other people online. I wonder like, as we get into like sort of the mechanics and the, and everything about it, I wonder if playing with people you don't know becomes frustrating if they're like not on your level or something. If you like mm-hmm. can't get past something and nobody can get past it and you're just like, I guess I don't know what Nintendo's like chat function is like, like when you're talking for a long time, I didn't think they had any, like, do they have, I don't know. I don't think they do. Right. So, and I could be completely wrong, but I thought for a long time that they didn't have a way to chat with people. So it would be really hard to like communicate what each of you is going to do in a game. that's very chaotic. I do feel like two players and three players are better than four players. Four players fun as fuck for sure. But you can lose your character on screen pretty easily when there's four and you have all the different character animations and just kind of shit happening in the world. Yeah. There were a few times where we were getting lost just because of visual clutter. But Willie and I played it for a little bit last night, just uh, two players. And then I played a lot with Meg, um, two players set up. And I thought that was like the perfect balance because you can use each other just enough with two people. But there's not so many characters on the screen that you're you're getting lost like we were with four players. It's funny that it's got family game because there's also some very challenging sections. Mm. And I wonder if you're like playing with your kids. I don't know. Kids are really good at video games and shit. But I don't know if you're like under 10 trying to play this game and you're on playing some of those really challenging levels. I don't know. I feel like sometimes they might be too difficult for a kid under 10, but I could be totally wrong. I've seen kids do some pretty incredible stuff Mm -hmm. music wise and video game wise. Like I know they're very capable, but there's some shit in there that's real difficult and would take some time. Taylor, there's a couple of rhythm stages where you have to jump on the beat to the music. And those are pretty freaking challenging. So I think that's the level that like Willie's talking about that type of level where like a kid is probably not going to pass this, but the game doesn't require it. Like you don't have to pass that stage to kind of progress. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is there any kind of accessibility options on there? So if your kid is playing it and it's a little too challenging, is there Mm -hmm. like an infinite life uh, mode or God mode or anything like that just allows them to play? Pretty close. So there's Yoshi's, like uh, three or four different Yoshi characters you can choose. And then there's Nabbit. And if you choose either of those two characters, you don't take damage. Nice. So anybody that chooses them is just going to be invincible pretty much. But they balance it out by not allowing those characters to use power-ups. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then reward you for playing with the with the more challenging characters by allowing you to mm-hmm. get the power-ups. Yeah. I think sense. you can even turn all of the... Oh, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Uh, Yeah, I'm jumping one step ahead here, but there are also badges in the game. So you earn something called badges and they give you different abilities as a characters. And you can have one equipped at a time, but everybody in the game gets this ability from a badge. And one of them is like a parachuting hat. So you can jump in the air and then parachute down with your hat. Oh, kind of like the princess in Mario 2, how her dress works. Yeah, you kind of hover in the air. That's cool. I've always loved that mechanic. She was always probably my favorite character to play as. So that's one example of the badges, but I think you could turn the badges completely off if you want like a a much harder challenge. Or turn them all on if you want it to just be chaotic mayhem and fun. That would be sick. That's cool. 
You said that it definitely does a good job of pulling from Super Mario World and like Super Mario Brothers 3. I think it does do a decent job of hitting that some of that nostalgia for sure. I do think, and this is just bias and completely like subjective, but I do think if it pulled a little bit more specifically from music from those eras, it would be even, it would make me like the game even more. There are notes of it within some of the stuff that happens, but it's never like a full on this, oh, you remember this song exactly sort of thing. Yeah. That straight up nostalgia of uh-huh. hearing the uh-huh. original song or the, yeah. It definitely feels inspired by, yeah, but there's nothing super obvious. Interesting. So maybe they went a little too hard in the in the updates section when it maybe. came to the music. I haven't played enough of the recent Mario games to know if some of these themes are like actually more present in what a kid five years ago would have played. And now this is that this hits something for them because it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this song, you know, like and I yeah. just didn't. Y'all played Galaxy, right? That was the one that the first Mario, the open world Mario that came out on Switch. Was that on Switch? I yeah, I didn't. I played a little bit of Whichever one came out, you know, there was a big deal where you could become the hat and there were all the funny memes about it. I played a little bit of that, like very little of that. Me too. Yeah, but I seem to remember, I think that the music was still calling back to the old ones on that one. Like as you're running around in the city, especially down the desert areas and some of the different areas, it might not have been quite as much so, but. I was going to say, that's probably one of the last ones I played, but that was on Wii. Okay, so it must have been whatever was after that one the open world hat one because I, n- I never had a wii well i had one at the time we lived together so we might have played it then no no i played it whatever this is i'm thinking of was definitely on the switch like i own it on the switch mm. yeah i don't know what the first one on the switch was called i think overall i like the fact that it doesn't resemble the music too directly and that seems to be a thread because you get that in the Legend of Zelda too, like in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, like there are nods and tie-ins to some of that older video game music, but it's like, it's something new. Yeah. I like that they're not just repeating it over and over and over again, but Taylor made a point that they might've gone a little too far. I think maybe for gamers like us, older gamers that play, you know, Super Mario Brothers 1 through 3 and those earlier games in general, I think uh, a little bit more would, would have hooked me from like the music point of view. And that's what I'm saying. And I think especially because this is supposed to be a family game, right? It should be people our age playing with their kids right now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you should try to bring in a little more of that. And there are hints of it, like I said, but it's, it's pretty rare that it like more than like five notes in a row or 10 notes in a row are from something you remember before. It's interesting we're talking about this because this is almost exactly what we said about the Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. And the music there, how it was like good hints of it, but they didn't overdo it. I think they did a better job in that though than they did in this yeah, game. Yeah, I think so too. We haven't really talked too much about spoilers yet, but I think any other like non-spoilery thoughts you want to share, Joey, before we like get into what spoilers we can give about this game? Um, Or maybe no, not really, but... Do you want to read the plot? Yeah. <laughs> there's a plot. Great. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of story in this game, like like the kind of original Super Mario Brothers games, but I feel like if we read the first paragraph of the plot, that kind of sums up everything we should say about what is different about this game. But back to non-spoilery thoughts, I think the gameplay is really smooth. The game doesn't seem to lag at all. Like, I don't know. Like, they're just, I mean, they just take care of their games on their platform, man. Like yep. it's same thing with Tears of the Kingdom. Like they design games for their piece of hardware, even though that piece of hardware is fucking outdated and it looks yep. visually stunning. 
but it's just a, another complete Nintendo experience. Even though there are some things I don't like, like I don't like fucking accidentally jumping on Yoshi all the fucking time. But there are small things, small things that I can definitely look past and I probably wouldn't experience in a single player playthrough. That's sort of where I'm coming from that like it's this game is pretty good, but there are things like that that are sort of problems sometimes that wouldn't exist if you play single player, but the game is designed to be multiplayer. So it's like, well, that's kind that's got to be a mark against it then, right? Like if it's supposed to be multiplayer, but you find the most frustrations from playing multiplayer, then it's like, well, that's a little weird, but it's also fun in a chaotic way. If you're just sitting around having fun, it doesn't matter. That dramatically outweighs the frustration I've had with the game. You know, if I was going to complain about something, they're all pretty minor complaints. The biggest one I would have is that I wish it were a little bit more difficult, like across the board. There are some difficult stages that I think are really challenging, but overall, it's a little too easy compared to like Super Mario Brothers 1 through 3. And that's okay. Not really anything I'm mad about because, I mean, this is how many decades later, but also it's way more of a family game than like those original Super Mario Brothers games were to begin with. And there's just so many things they've added to the gameplay. Yeah, there is a real sense of wonder in this game with the Wonderflower and like what can happen when you go on like this acid trip in the middle of the stage, you know, and then you have to get yourself out of it. Yeah, there's some very cool ones to talk about. Yeah, I think before we get to the spoilery section, we could start with this paragraph of this plot because this sort of just sets up the game so you know what's going on in it. Do you want to read it? Do you want me to yeah, read it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, you read it. I'm assuming we're looking at the same thing. So you tell me if I'm not... <laughs> Uh, but it says Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, Yellow Toad, Blue Toad, and Toadette are invited to the Flower Kingdom, a neighbor to the Mushroom Kingdom, ruled by Prince Florian. Florian shows off the Wonder Flower to his visitors when suddenly Bowser, Bowser Jr., and Kamek arrive. Bowser takes hold of the Wonder Flower, merging him, his Koopa Clown car, and Florian's castle, the Flower Castle, to become Castle Bowser. He proceeds to spread havoc across the entire kingdom, including trapping the kingdom's inhabitants, the Poplins, in their homes. Not wanting to let this stand, Mario and company eagerly decide to help save the Flower Kingdom and set off with Florian to stop Bowser's plans once again. The group is closely followed by our four Yoshis and Nabbit. Okay, yeah, that was something different, but it says most of the same stuff. Interesting. So yeah, that sets up the game. That's how you start the game before you start going on this adventure to save the the flower kingdom. Taylor, so I don't know if you caught this in that, but Bowser merges himself with a castle. He turns and himself a clown into a car? castle. Did I hear that correctly? <laughs> I no, thought I heard that too. It's the Koopa clown car. It's the like floating, oh, uh, you know, the the floating white yeah. sort of uh, that was a hilarious detail thing that has a face on the front of it. Yes. Yeah, I've never thought okay. of that as a clown. Neither have I. I don't know that's why. That's a clown face. Yeah, yeah I don't know why now. I've never thought that. But yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Like, it's a pretty basic setup. Oh, yeah, that's super basic. Yeah, I think with that, if you're wanting to avoid any spoilers at all about this game, about the story, we're probably going to get into some of them. There's not a lot here that we can spoil because we didn't actually finish the game. We're maybe two worlds two worlds away from whatever the end game is. Yeah, I think we're on, we've beat world four. We have five and six left to, to, be, to get to the end game. Uh, we've also, I will say this, if you're going to play the game, there is a special world that's sort of hidden that you could completely miss. So be on mm -hmm. the lookout for that. It seems like there's supposed to be more challenging levels. 
it seems like the special world is all of the like most difficult challenges with each of the badges, with each of the special abilities. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, but this will be a good spot to check out for spoilery things. Word. What kind of spoilery stuff do we have? I don't even know if I have stuff that I could spoil. I, that's why I said it's like not even that spoilery because it's mostly it's mostly just a uh, mostly linear. Get through this world to find to collect seeds. Collect enough seeds to open the castle to then get the royal seed, which will help you unlock the final boss, which is Bowser in his like, whatever, what did I call it? Castle Bowser. Mm-hmm. His castle Bowser is protected by these, what are they called? They're piranhas. Well, they're cloud piranhas. Cloud piranhas. They're just like, they look like the face of a piranha plant, but it's in cloud form and it's just floating around his castle. Huh. And just protecting it. So each royal seed you get destroys one of those. Each world has a different colored royal seed that you're going for. I guess what I was going to say is a little bit spoilery, but I don't know, is how closely does this tie into the Super Mario Brothers movie? How often do we see Bowser become Castle Bowser in this way in the other games? I don't know. Because we do see it in the movie. That's Castle Bowser at the beginning of that movie. Oh, so does this take place in that same world, or is this just something that happens all the time? And I didn't know it. I don't know. In the movie, he's not like morphed into the castle like he is in the game, right? He's not, but he does. It is a floating ship with Bowser's face on it in the game, in the in the game, and in the movie. I guess I'm not really thinking about. We haven't gotten to Bowser, so I don't know if he mm-hmm. actually like he. I guess he is physically. He says, "I've merged with the castle." I forgot his ridiculous line. It sounded yeah, yeah, silly, whatever ridiculous. it was. Great for kids. Great for kids stuff. So he, I guess it, it couldn't be because what's unique about this game is the Wonder Flower. Mm-hmm. And Bowser's stolen the Wonder Flower to use that power to become the castle. And since this is like the introduction to the Wonder, the Wonder Flower and Wonder Seeds, it couldn't have happened in the game, even though there is a Bowser's castle. Other than that one thing, I think they're pretty disconnected, you know, in terms of like what's happening in the movie versus what's happening in this game. Yeah. I already did spoil the end of the game for myself. I don't know if I should <laughs> spoil it for oh, you. Man. Nah, not, not for me. Not for me because I don't even know what happens. Obviously, you'll stop Bowser. That will happen probably. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> I did figure that. I had no idea. Bowser finally fucking wins. That's what this game is about. Yeah, yeah. Dang. That's a, that'd be a big change. And then yeah. the next game is Bowser's Big Day. Sounds good. <laughs> we should see that. Bowser's Day Out. That'd be a fun game, wouldn't it? Are there any games where you get to play as Bowser besides like Mario Kart? I don't know. Taylor, would you be down to play a Bowser Kingdom simulation game? The Bowser Sim game where you just have to manage the kingdom after you've conquered it? No. <laughs> no, I would not. I feel like you would. You played Warcraft, you said. That was one of your games back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And I will I will play Warcraft again someday. Game Lords willing. But I don't know. To me, I'm I would much rather play stuff like this, um, that's more like the traditional Mario than and I kind of found that out with the the other one was called Odyssey, I think was the name of the, oh, the yeah, one I was right, thinking right. of on Switch. And it was cool at first, but it just once I got a good hour, two hours in, it started feeling too much like a kid game, like something that was made to be accessible by everyone, which is great, but it also is not exactly what I'm looking for, right? unless it's in this form, which is more up my alley. But even then, it's hard to say until I sink some time into it, how long I'll stick with the game in general. 
I do think the 2D platformer does do that for me too. Like if it's a little too much of a kid's game, the side scrolling platforming component can like sway me. Yeah. So I think that did work on me as well for this game. But it, it also speaks to, I think, the game just not being as challenging as I would hope it to be. Because I think you can play through this game pretty quickly. Even all the flowers, did you, so you said you didn't finish it, but did you, how many flowers do you think you did? We've done four out of the six royal seeds that you're collecting oh, okay. to destroy all the cloud piranhas. So what about the wonder flowers? I've been watching a, a video right now as we're discussing this that is somebody going through all of the wonder flowers oh wow and i said oh okay that's probably 11 minutes or, or something and i pulled it up and it was an hour and 17 minutes wow is how long that is and the the variety between yes. these maps is astounding i think that's where that's the gold of this game is the variety in those wonders the wonder seed sections and just how different they are yeah there's been some of them that were just monochromatic Right now, this one is a a giant fish, a humongous fish. It's just part of the part of the level. Really cool. Yeah, it's wild. The thing about that is, how many did you say it was? Did it say did it say a number besides the hours? I don't see a number of it. I just see the because whatever that is is basically the number of what you would consider like a traditional Mario stage. Like however many of those there are is how many traditional right. Mario stages there are. Because it's only in the oh. like regular 2D platforming stage that you'll have to find like usually a hidden seed. And the hidden seed is somewhere by getting one of those wonder flowers to activate, which completely shifts the color of the screen usually either like to be something monochromatic or completely in the dark or something random. Like Joey said, you're suddenly on like a psychedelic trip in Mario moving wow. through the same level but in a different way wow it is crazy sometimes i don't even know like you swim up like you jump up into water and you're yeah. the yeah. it's really breaking my mind like the water's on top and the land is on bottom yes yeah and it's and i definitely see the distraction where it's for one it's all so beautiful like everything looks so nice their choice of the animations for everything, but also the backgrounds that are going, mm -hmm. particle backgrounds that are just beautiful. And they all have these hyper stylized looks to them and are also moving. Like it's super distracting. I would be dead constantly. They use depth in the game too, Taylor. So like you can go down a pipe and then end up in the foreground and you're like a bigger character on the screen and then you can do stuff in the foreground and then the opposite too. Like you can go down a pipe and then you end up real far in the background. That's crazy. And there's like coins and shit to hit and bricks to to, to break back there. And then you come back into the, the kind of middle ground. This is awesome. The variety. All you have to do is watch this video alone to truly understand how much work went into this game, how much art went into it and thought about all of that art. It's crazy. Wait until you see one of the music levels where suddenly the plants start singing to you or dancing. Yeah, around. I saw I saw one of those. Yeah, those. Yep, that's beautiful. They all jump out like a chorus, yeah. and they're all singing. And yeah, so I think they're yeah, this great, is really man. cool. Two like really big things to talk about here, which is the type, the variety of stages, and what Joey mentioned up top about these badges. So I think it makes sense to start talking about 
One of the types of stage is just called a badge challenge, which is usually where you earn the badge for the first time. Yeah, and that's a, a tutorial stage yeah. basically to teach you how to use the badge and then you're earning it at the same time. And that's usually like for the parachute cap. It'll be like badge challenge, parachute cap one. And that means this is the first time you're doing it. You're just going to get introduced to this item and how it, how it's used. The weird part about the badges is just so it's explained is Prince Florian, the prince of this kingdom, goes with you on this journey. He just jumps on your back and is like with you the whole time. You don't ever really see him except cutscenes, but he's also he's like I'll wear these badges and this it will help you. So he's the one who like changes out the badges and puts them on while he's attached to you and your party and you get this ability. So like Joey said there's that parachute cap. There's one that was I don't remember the name, but it was super difficult that just made you bounce the entire time. You just had spring feet. And so you're just like bouncing and like if you time your oh, bounces awesome. You'll jump higher. There's also one that's called a dolphin kick, which you would want to use for swimming levels because it gives you a really fast burst of speed underwater. Do you have any other favorite ones? Reminds me of Echo. It, yeah, <laughs> it really is. That's cool. Do you have any other favorites, Joey? I would be interested. We haven't tried the one that speeds up your movement. We had just collected that one, but we didn't get a chance to try it. But that one seems interesting. I can imagine that one would be super, super helpful for people speed running the game, like speed running it with the extra speed. I see somebody using it right now as we're talking oh, about really? that. Yeah. And it makes the nice. climbing and, and the uh, holding yourself up, going across like traversing poles and stuff. It's so fast. It seems like it would kind of speed it up to like Super Meat Boy speed levels. Definitely. Definitely. It, it's That's a pretty good match for it. My favorite is definitely the parachute cap. It's the first one you get in the game, but it honestly seems the most useful for like the majority of, of levels. Yeah. And I think that's another drawback too. I think it's both great because I really like the parachute cap, but it also feels like a drawback because it seems OP and that the rest of the badges don't seem that useful a lot of times. We would always go back to it to keep using the parachute cap for for things when it got difficult. I mean, I think there's still enough variety in them that you can still kind of choose the one you like and then play the game a little differently than everybody else. Yeah. But I do think it's the one that helps you across the most levels unless it's a really specific height you're trying to reach and you have to use like the the double jump or the charge jump so there's one taylor where you can just like hold down or hold hold the action button and then you charge up to do like a super jump okay so there's like some stages where there might be hidden secrets in the levels where you have to use a different badge to specifically get that one thing like willie was saying most of the badges aren't as flexible and scalable across all the different levels as the parachute cap or the mm -hmm. the kind of like hover uh, the peach kind of like hover in the air jump thing like we get from Super Mario Brothers 2. There's a badge that does that. Don't remember the name of it, but that one's almost as helpful as the parachute cap. But the parachute cap, you can just glide across like half the fucking stage, you know, half the screen. And it's safe. Like it buys you a ton of time and it gives you a lot of wiggle room to make mistakes because you can really slow down time as you're gliding through the sky. I think that's why what makes it the most useful for me. Back to the badge challenges, they do work in badge challenges for all of the badges. So the game does kind of find a way to get you playing the other badges in these kind of fun, somewhat challenging badge challenge levels that are much easier, but give you some like hands-on experience with the different badge types. We did play one last night that was an expert badge challenge. What was that one? 
I forgot already. Yeah, it was the first expert badge we have come across. But I guess that's a separate category of badges because I think we only have like half of them unlocked. And I think those are just, they're just more difficult to use is what I kind of gathered. Well, there's two types of badges, right? There's badges that are active abilities. And then there are badges that are, I say more passive, but they like give you more coins for defeating enemies or something like that. Hmm. And we only have two or three of those passive sort of badges unlocked. And I don't even remember what they are because we've never used them because it seems like a detriment to do that when you could have a new ability like the like the parachute cap or the charge jump or something. It's almost like they're not as valuable, you know, they, they don't provide as, no, uh, as much value as the other active badges. But another one, Taylor, is like you start to level with like a mushroom. Oh, okay. Oh, so you start big. Yeah, you start big. And then there was another one that I think reveals hidden blocks in the stage if you activate it. Oh, that's cool. Are there a lot of hidden blocks? There is, yeah. One of the biggest ways that there's like some replayability in the game is certain blocks I feel like are only shown for certain characters. Oh. If you don't have that character in your party, they don't show up. And I don't know if they show up in the same place as they would if you had a different party makeup or somewhere Mm -hmm. different, like slightly to the left or to the right of the other block. Yeah, that's a good question. You wouldn't know without replaying the level with different characters. I feel like they're probably... 25% 25% more secrets than we've found in our playthrough. Like, I feel like there's a lot more stuff there. If we were looking for it, we could find it. Yeah. It does take playing the same level over and over again to kind of really, really hunt and look for all the stuff that might be hidden. Is the elephant one of the badges? No, that's a power up. Oh, is it? So it's just an, a power up built in. Yeah. So beyond the traditional like mushroom and the flower power and the star power that you would recognize from other games there's the elephant mario which is pretty cool there's a bubble mario instead of shooting out fireballs he shoots out bubbles that you can like jump off of and stuff if you get really good at it you like throw two bubbles out and then jump from each bubble to like one bubble to the next that's interesting that that has a a mechanic of bubble bobble or something like that Mm. in it too which is seems like they're really pulling from all of the all of my favorite kind of game tropes from Nintendo, from from the tool belt that they have, and they're doing it in a really cool way. Go on, though. The other new one is a drill Mario, where you get this, Ooh. like, drill hat that you can either, like, drill up into the ceiling with and then traverse, like, while you're underground or, like, in the roof, in the ceiling. Or you can go down and, like, drill into the ground and like traverse like underneath the ground, which is something you'll use a lot to get to hidden areas, to get into a place that's like too small for any person to crawl. There'll be enough that you can go underground, move past the barrier, and then come up on the other side of the barrier. Wow. It's pretty cool, man. I love that animation. Like I think the drill hat looks fucking really cool. The bubbles are pretty cool too. I don't find them as useful or they're they're definitely low on the favorite list compared to flower power. And being able to shoot fireballs, but it is nice that you can trap enemies with the bubbles too. If they hit the enemies, they get trapped in it and then they become a coin that you collect. Yeah. And the hammer bros look so cool. Yeah, yeah. they really do. They look awesome. Like they're tough guy. Yeah. Which is yeah. crazy because they used to be the hardest. Yes, man. They're easy, but they look awesome. They do look cool. I love the art on this game. They did a great job. So yeah, we'll talk about some of the animations too, because they're a lot of fun. But like for the elephant Mario, its power is that it can like gather water in its trunk when you're like standing over water. 
and then use that water oh. to water the ground, which will usually bring up flowers or in other sections like revive one of the long vines that you need to climb or something like that. Ah. It'll also like give you coins for a limited amount of time. I it seemed like one of those times we were just watering the ground, it gave us like 60 coins or something like that. It does, huh. man. It's like 50 plus. Yeah, so you just sit there and just keep watering whatever you can on the ground and like flowers will keep popping up and coins will keep popping up for like a minute. But they're also super strong. The elephant can push things a little faster than just being a regular Mario character. Okay. I say you can beat through brick walls. Yeah, they can use their trunk mm. to hit enemies or through brick walls. And they can also, um, what's the other thing? They'll like actually pick up larger shelled enemies. When there's like giant versions of a turtle shell or something, they can pick it up versus wow. Mario that can't, like a non-powered up player. And um, does more damage. So some enemy types you can you can kill in one like bop on the head versus two or three with like big mario or small mario yeah so much variety in what you can do did you guys see that there was a a top down on one of those (laughs) just out of nowhere yesterday he suddenly like you said playing with the depth you know suddenly he's walking top down it's like fucking against the third wall yeah that's Really crazy. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is derailing, but there is a new Contra, man, that I saw a trailer for not too long ago. Yeah. Does that look good? I've I've only heard it about it. It looks fucking great. Oh, man. That's one of my OG favorites right there. It's definitely a game I'll play. I saw someone mention Contra recently, and I didn't realize they were talking about something new because I hadn't seen anything about it. There's at okay. least one trailer. I saw one trailer that had some gameplay footage, and it fucking looks great. It's almost like what this game is doing. You know, it's taking like an original and just like giving it a facelift, adding a bunch of really cool shit to it. But visually, it just <laughs> Operation looks great. Galuga. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. If I'm looking at the right thing. Interesting. I'm down Contra, for that for sure. Operation Galuga. I wonder if it'll still be just like a two-player co-op or more. Probably. But if it does have like online, online co-op, that would be wow. sick. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I used to love that game. And they have people coming out of the of the back the background shooting at you and stuff. So they're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's just wow. like a great refresh. What is that going to come out on? I don't remember. Oh, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, sweet. Let's go. Yeah. Do you see the release? The release day? It is early 2024. Yeah, it's dude, early what? 2024 now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should be right now. What Tomorrow, are they doing? Should, no, kidding. This looks really cool. Yeah, man, we can play some Prince of Persia. We can play some Contra. Wow. I'm guessing that means first quarter. They're saying early yeah. 2024. It's up to two players in story mode and four players in... Sorry, I'm just seeing a preview. Something. So there's four players in some mode. Arcade mode. Nice. So, yeah. Huh. Very I wonder cool. how they scale. I wonder how they scale the difficulty for four players. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or if there, even, if there even is like a big a big difference between two-player co-op and four-player. Yeah, and I wonder if arcade mode is just select a stage at a time, but still the same story mode stages or what, or if it's just a completely mm. different experience. Yeah, that's a good question. By the way, we'll be checking that out. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yep. The other thing I was going to say about when you are a different powered-up character, and even when you're not, the animations are all really fun. When you're an elephant and you're like crawling on the ground, your trunk will be wiggling, your tail will be wiggling, and uh, if you like go through a pipe, you're like trying to squeeze through, like it's more difficult to squeeze through the pipe so you see your character. And every character will like wiggle their legs as they're like going through. Or if you're Mario, 
you'll always like lose your hat and like have to reach back out the pipe to grab your hat and like pull it in. That's awesome. And even peeking out, do you like when you come out of pipes, you'll see them like peek out both ways before they <laughs> before they get out. They're subtle, but they're great. Yeah. I like how joyful Mario is when he jumps. <laughs> I think Luigi is even more joyful if you see him. Really? Have you like can find him jumping? Yeah, he does like this body splash, like just extends all all it limbs. But yeah, everything about it is is sort of like made to like spark joy, I'm pretty sure. That's great. Even Bowser, man, Bowser's kind of metal. Yeah, that's a (laughs) yeah, like the the Bowser battleships, like they're they're playing like some kind of like subtle metal music. I think it's all pretty good metal, like progressive metal sounding. Metal core-ish, I guess, more than progressive. Yeah. But it's like, damn. I like the edge. The edge it's given Bowser. Like, he kind of feels like a badass in this game. Let's talk a little bit about some more of the uh, the stage types. One that's very easy is just called Break Time. If you find a world that's called Break Time, it literally is kind of just like an easy, give me a seed stage where you might just kill some stuff and then get to the end very quickly it's like super fast like less than i don't know what do you think joey like less than like a minute and a half it feels like every time like probably less than a minute they're calling the 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 level type break time and that's like literally what it feels like it's just like a a breather it's super easy you still get a wonder seed out of it and it's just like the kind of filler stages between the other you know moderately difficult stages it's cool And we didn't really talk about this. You can pick, once you're in the world, you can sort of pick what order you want to tackle stages in. You're looking at sort of a top-down view of a map like Super Mario World or something like that. And you get to just Mm -hmm. walk your party around and go pick a stage. And honestly, one of the things that every now and then happens is you'll be walking around and people will be looking at different stages and anybody could start a stage if they wanted to. Uh, So you're just like, oh, did I click on that? Or did somebody else click on that? Are we starting now? Which one are we doing? So break time is one of those stages. Another one that's very similar is called search party. It's basically just a bunch of hidden blocks or you're trying to find hidden coins. I don't know what those things are called, honestly. They're these little round medallion things that you have to collect in those stages. I think those are just called, no, I don't know. I I, I literally have no idea. I don't know what that type of thing is. (laughs) It looks different. It's not a coin, but it's very close, but it's more circular Mm -hmm. than a coin. And it's not a seed. It's not a, it's not one of the like purple. I don't even know what the money is called in this game. Besides the flower coins, flower coins. Yeah. There's the wonder seeds, the royal seeds, the wonder flower, but I don't know what those like yellowish orange ones are even called. But Taylor, that... That search party level type is literally you're all working together to find five hidden blocks. Oh, wow. And they're like, they're pretty, like some of them are like one of them stumped us yesterday for like 20 minutes. I felt like it was longer than that, man. It took a long time on that one. Yeah. And there were like three of us looking, four to begin with, and then three of us looking for like 20 minutes or more. Hmm. That's cool. And the solution was fairly simple. We just like missed it because it was just like hidden, you know? took a while it was it was i think hidden pretty well we were just like going up and down every pipe you could find in the level multiple times just to see if we missed some <laughs> section that we didn't know about <laughs> then there's something called a ko arena which is basically like a timed kill a certain amount of enemies on each each stage and they start out i think most of them have like three levels so there's one level and these are like kill five goombas and the next one is kill five turtles and the next one after that is you know kill five i don't know some other random enemy that I have never heard of before. And it's new to me. And then you get the wonder seed, but those Mm -hmm, are pretty mm -hmm. straightforward. We had one yesterday 
I think the most levels we've seen within one of those stages is four. Yeah. And then I think that's all the different types of stages, but it's the, it's the wonder stages, the ones that you like hit those like wonder flowers in that like really sometimes just completely change what you're doing. Yeah. The pipes start crawling like caterpillars or, you know, unknown mecha might attack you or something like there's, it seems like there's a pretty wide variety to what happens in those. I think that's where the game excels for sure is that there are just a ton of ideas. It takes the traditional Mario stage and then just completely flips what you know about it. And suddenly pipes are crawling or you turn into a cloud. Yeah. We've turned into snails. Are those little spiky shelled enemies that just shoot up into the air? Yeah, yeah. I The hardest one, I think, was the, what was it? The completely in the dark. We were those really tall characters. Yeah, those are ridiculous. There's some sort of mushroom fungus thing. And they have a weird name. I looked at them. It's something ridiculous. All of a sudden, you're playing Limbo. Yeah. You know, yeah, the that's lights the look go out and you can see the character's eyes. Yeah, that is exactly what it looks like. And it's so ridiculous looking. You're like, you look like a big, long hot dog or something. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Taylor, if, if you've seen any of the castle stages, like the the palaces, yeah, the lighting in those, because like they're more of a dark setting. Yeah. The lighting in those and the lighting that you see on the characters' faces, like the, the way they've rendered it and given yeah. it dimension, like they did a fucking great job. Yeah, the lighting is fantastic. I was pretty impressed by that. Those mushroom things are called Aaron. E-R-I-N. Really? Yeah. I looked it up yesterday and I was like, that's really weird. What is that? Everything else has a name that sort of relates to what it is. Maybe? Yeah, like a condart is a condor that basically is a dart. You know, it flies at you. It's sh- the birds that shoot, right? A bull rush is a thing that looks like a bull, but it's not. But yeah, Aaron. King oyster mushroom-like enemies that are first introduced in the bull rush coming through. Referred to as Aaron in the internal files. It's a possible reference oh. to the mushroom, Erengi, and it's spelled in a language I don't know, but I would assume it's Japanese because it's Nintendo. Yeah, interesting. So maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It seems a little weird, but a lot of a lot of things in this game are weird. Yeah. Uh, and controlling that thing was very weird in the dark. I felt like I was lost throughout that entire thing, which... That reminds me, we should say when you're playing four player and one of you takes damage or dies, like, you know, you power down and then you finally die, you turn into a ghost version of yourself and you have to catch up with the rest of the party and like tag a party member to revive yourself within like five seconds or something like that. If you don't, it will automatically revive you eventually, but you have to wait for like a respawn timer to go off basically. It can be challenging because when you have four people on screen, the game selects one person to highlight as like the focused character. And then the camera scrolls with that one character. So like you can accidentally kill other people in your party because you're scrolling too far ahead and they get left behind. They get turned into ghosts and then they have to like tap the action button really, really quickly to try to catch up with you. But you're still moving forward. So sometimes it's actually pretty difficult to revive yourself when the focus is on somebody else or if the focus changes between characters, because that can happen in the middle of a level two. Like if somebody dies, the focus is going to shift to one of the players that's alive. And then it's kind of just kind of like jumping around. That was one of the hardest things about one of the challenge levels that we were doing. One of the bad challenges was the wall climb one where it's on a timer, but it's also on beat with music. On the beat, yeah. And so like platforms will appear on the beat, 
but they're also disappearing on beats too. As you like jump forward, suddenly there's a block on beat and then the next one shows up and you have to jump onto that one on beat because it shows up at that time. So it's keeping you from going too far ahead basically because the block doesn't exist until it hits that certain beat in the song. So you're like hitting each of those, but also the ones behind you start disappearing as well. So you're trying to not go too far ahead, but stay far ahead enough that you don't fall off a disappearing platform. And when you're climbing up like that in a vertical space and and suddenly there's three ghosts with you, it's really hard to tell, is it me jumping or is it someone else jumping? Because if they do catch up to you, it suddenly like rockets them into the air when they come in. And then it's really hard to catch your your footing off of like being revived sometimes. You'll catch yourself, be alive, and then fall to your death immediately because there's not a platform around you. But it's super chaotic, super fun, and also rewarding, I think, when you finish something like that. Yeah, that one for sure. That one, and there was one more. I forget which one it was, but it was similar. Yeah. And that platforms were appearing and disappearing. I wish there were more, I wish more of the levels felt as rewarding, but that would take them being much more difficult than they are. Yeah, because those levels, I think both of those that felt like that were both like five-star rating difficulties. Mm -hmm. I do think we should go back and play some of those more, those in the special world that are the like challenges that are all five stars. Yeah. Because it will feel a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I just want to know how challenging they actually are. And we're at least using that wall climb rhythm level as the reference point in, in terms of like how difficult the game can get. I wouldn't be surprised that there's one that I can't do or that I would stop trying before I finish. I wouldn't be yeah, surprised have at to all. Take a break and, yeah. yeah, and come back another day or something. Oh, we were talking about accessibility earlier, which this game is in- incredibly accessible. Yoshi, Nabbit, they won't take damage. You can also buy lives at different like little poplin merchants. So little shops, you can just buy lives with your flower coins. Oh, cool. It's really accessible. Maybe the most accessible side-scrolling Super Mario Brothers game. Like if you really wanted to play it with, you know, kids... They can choose those characters. You can also buy lives. And then, you know, like you can pull off the harder things in the game because you can consistently revive dead players in the game. So you don't really ever truly die in any of the levels because of that ghost revive system. That's cool. It's always nice to have that kind of option. And to that point, I was going to mention this earlier when we are talking about flower coins. We maxed out our flower coins at like 999. So we haven't, that's what you use at the Poplin Merchants. And we haven't really needed to do that much. But we have, for that one level, we bought like 30 lives. (laughs) Yeah, we burned through a lot. We did burn through a lot. Because when you die and you're playing four players, you lose four lives. If you have to start the level over completely, that's four lives gone immediately. Hmm. I guess I I should have mentioned when I was just talking about the revive system. You can revive continuously as long as one person is still alive in the game but if all four of you like fall down a pit at the same time and die at the same time then you actually do all die and it'll cost you four lives uh when i was looking through this list of characters to find aaron i also saw dark mario which we encountered last night which was really cool that's true i think the level was called color switch dungeon nice but then I don't even know. It was it was a wonder seed, right? That triggered that or a wonder flower that triggered that. Yeah, it was. And suddenly we're being chased by a dark Mario figure through the level oh, wow. and trying not to get hit. It's like a ghost Mario that's completely in shadow. Huh. It felt like a battle in, in Celeste, like getting chased around like that. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Taylor, is this a game you would play if you had a Switch? If you still had a Switch? 
Yes. Yeah, I would. Um, I would definitely want to check that out, especially because my son is finally starting to put in, like every time he comes in here into my studio, he will uh, get the Xbox controller and he turns on the Xbox. You know, he holds down the Xbox and or a button. For real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's smart. He's very smart. I mean, when he plays the piano, like if I put him on the, it's like a standing electronic piano. He knows to turn it off when he's done with it. He turns the thing off. And I, I don't Dang. I don't like reinforce this stuff very much. I may tell him once, you know, when you're done, turn it off and that's it. And he just does that. He'll just nice. do it. I mean, it's he's such a smart kid. But I, I want to get to that point that we can play some games together. That'll be an epic yeah, moment. Dude, yeah, that has to that seems exciting. Right now, he just wants me to, he says, goat game. He wants me to play Goat Simulator <laughs> 3 that, uh, that is, he just watches it. He says, the goat, nice. and he sees me, you know, you got a cannon on the goat's back that if you shoot at people, it changes what they're wearing. That cracks them up, seeing the people change clothes and uh, just silly stuff, man. Yeah. I can't imagine being a kid with like the... Right. With this this gaming industry and the types of games that exist today, like just tech in general, yeah. man. And it makes yeah, me yeah. wonder. Like I I I always find myself wondering what it's like through his eyes. And I try to keep that in mind with what I expose him to and what I what I let him kind of play with electronics wise, uh, just because I don't wanna create a problem where there's not not one, you know. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly have a little Game Boy addict on my hands or something. But, you know, you do get to uh, instill that love of gaming. And I think something like this is a a super good way to do this when you get the chance. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like even, yeah, coming back to a game like this, I think it'd be perfect. Yeah, I think it's a great introduction. Rebecca loves Mario too. So I think her, they would play it together just as much as I would, Yeah, Yeah. if not more. And it is for everybody. It is four player co-op, which is really cool. It doesn't happen all that often anymore, Um, especially couch Mm -hmm. co-op like this. So that's cool. And for it to run fucking flawlessly, dude, you know, besides the little quirks in the the game design, but like it's efficient and it runs four players beautifully. Overall, I'd say it's a good game. Definitely worth checking out if you like Mario at all, if you like platformers at all. Any other like closing thoughts? Piggybacking on what you just said, I think this game is for people that are hardcore Mario fans and like want to play every single uh, side-scrolling Mario or even just want to play it because they want to relive something similar to like the earlier Super Mario Brothers games. Or it's for a person that wants a great family game that could be accessible for people that don't have a high skill level. And so like the accessibility, the game, you don't ever really truly get stopped by any really difficult levels. You can bypass them, you can get seeds in other ways, and you can still find the path through the entire game without doing the hardest things in the game. And I think that's one of the the things that makes it truly like a legit family game for people of all different skill levels. And I'm excited to go see some speedrunning, like after I finish it to go watch and see how that's going. Because thinking about speedrunning, I guess you just bypass all the wonder, the wonder flowers if you're speedrunning it. If there are people speedrunning it through the wonder flower parts of the world or parts of the levels, I think that could be super interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the categories will be. Right. Like if there is like all wonder flowers completed or like all seeds collected or something like that. Yeah. That's, that'll be cool to check out for sure. But overall, I mean, I think the game. I think the game is great. I think it's perfect for best family game at the Game Awards. I think it could have won best multiplayer game, and then I also think it could have won best art direction. 
there is some stiff competition, but what they've done visually with this game, I think is I think it's worthy of that nomination. And obviously the game is beautiful, like in the animation and the graphics and the rendering. Colors are fantastic. I feel like they knocked it out of the park with this game, and this is one of the best Mario platformers. Taylor, anything else before we close out? No, this was a fun one. It was nice to actually see this game in action and kind of hear what you guys liked about it and definitely eager to play it someday. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us in the new year. I hope you had a, you've had a great holiday season, whatever it is you're celebrating. If you're listening to this and kicking off the new year for us, we appreciate it. And soon we'll be talking about all the games we're looking forward to in this new year because there are so many things coming up. But thank you all for your time. Peace. Oh, yeah. Was I supposed to say something? <laughs> Earth Defense Force 6. It's what's for dinner. Hold on to your butts. God, it's 2024. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Berries and Blades is an independent podcast created by Joseph Bullard, Willie Garza, and Taylor Garrett. Thanks for tuning in and consider subscribing if you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can also support us by telling your friends about the show. And we hope to see you in the next episode of Berries and Blades. Until then, thanks again. Hitting the groove? Yep. See my nipples leaking. Wait. I fucked it up. <laughs> I fucked it up. I fucked it up. The, that's not what I meant. <laughs>